Hi, I'm Ryan McAdam, and you're listening to the Bedtime Story Podcast. I love you, now go to sleep. These are bedtime stories I tell my kids, usually made up on the fly. The stories are about the adventures of a magical pink winged unicorn named Astro, who was made up by my daughter. I hope you enjoy them. We have fun making them. If you like the podcast, be sure to give it a rating wherever you're listening. And with that, let's begin. The octopod had not moved in days. There had been no missions. There had been no calls for help. There was nothing going on. The octonauts were okay with this for the moment. They had their different hobbies and things that they needed to do, things that they wanted to get done, things that they wanted to create and build, books they wanted to read, instruments they wanted to learn to play. But all the octonauts were beginning to get that feeling of cabin fever, that feeling that you've been inside too long and you need to do something. Captain Barnacle had stopped learning his uh, accordion and started spending most of his time in HQ, scanning frequencies, watching the radar, hoping for the next big mission or the next big problem to help solve. Quasi was looking and polishing his swords, and he was looking over his maps. Tweak was rebuilding all of the GUP engines, one after another. Inkling had started rereading the same books again and again and again. Shellington... Well, Shellington was repeating experiments with small bacteria in his lab. Peso was practicing his, bandages spe- his bandaging speed. The Junips were practicing making... I like to call her Junip. Okay, Junip. Junip was practicing making different kinds of fish biscuits. And Dashi... Dashi was reading through various books on photography, trying to become a better photographer. She was learning how to do flash photography, which is where you take pictures using a flash bulb on your camera. She would take a picture and it would flash, fill her room with light. And she had to learn how to control that flash so she could get the pictures she wanted. She was right in the middle of studying a book when the octo alert went off. Whoop, 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 whoop. She said, finally, I was getting tired of reading books. When she jumped in the tube, she came up to HQ. Everybody was already there. Everyone was eager for a new mission, a new opportunity. Captain Barnacle stood at HQ, looking at the radar. Captain Sh- Barnacle was <sighs> looking fairly intent. Shellington said, Captain, what is it? Captain Barnacle said, There, on the radar, what is that? The Octonauts went to their station, went to their stations, scanning. Looking, whatever it was, it was rather small, not very big, not big enough to be a whale or a ship or a boat or a submarine, but just about the size of, well, an aquanaut. It was floating down from above, and there was lots of bubbles coming out of it. Crikey, said Quasi. I think he says Crikey. Maybe he doesn't say Crikey. Whatever it is, it's heading straight towards the octopod. Captain Barnacle said, Could it be a depth charge? Tweak looked over the radar. Negative, Captain. I don't think there's any explosives on board. Whatever that is, it's no mistake that it's coming this way, said Captain Barnacle. It was deliberately dropped, knowing that we were at the bottom of where it would be landing. The Aquanauts looked at each other. What should we do, Captain? Captain Barnacle says, 
Let's go out and get it before it hits the ship. Oi, oi, said Quasi. He jumped into a tube, raced down to the bay, jumped in a gup, and swam out of the octopod. He headed towards the object. Captain Barnacles came on the intercom and said, Quasi, what do you see? Captain Bar- uh, Quasi said, Captain, I'm not there yet, but I can see a shape off in the distance. Quasi, let us know what you see when you get there. Quasi steered the ship until he came across the object. It was a barrel, an old wooden barrel, with riveted rings to secure it end to end, watertight except for where the bubbles were coming out of one end. Quasi said, Captain, it looks like an old barrel. Looks like an old pirate barrel. Captain Barnacle said, An old pirate barrel, huh? Inkling said, Captain, there may be some history with that old barrel. We should bring it aboard and study it. It could tell us a little bit about those who fed this sea long ago. All right, said Captain Barnacle. Quasi, bring it in. They brought the barrel and brought it into the bay and set it up. Water started to leak out of it, and then slowly stopped. Whatever was in there was still mostly in air and not water. Quasi said, I'll open it. He got a crowbar, jumped up on the table and put the crowbar between the lid and the side of the wood or the barrel. He pulled with all his might. The nails in the barrel started to come up and pop. And then all at once, as Quasi was pulling, the barrel seemed to explode. The lid popped off, and the various bits of wood on the sides became dislodged, and the rings began to sag. And out popped none other than Calico Jack. Everyone went, <gasps> They were so surprised. Calico Jack had been in that barrel. What was he doing in that barrel? How did he get there? Captain Barnacle said, Calico Jack! Yours me, Captain. Grandpa, what are you doing there, Granddad? Quasi, yar. It's good to see you. Good to see you all. It's good to see you, see you too, said Captain Barnacle, but I think your nephew has a good point. How did you come to be in this barrel? Yar, it's a sad story. I am searching for the sunken sh- ship of the Flying Dutchman. My crew mutinied, put me in the barrel, and dropped me into the sea, and then sailed away. Luckily, there was you here to save me. Thank you. Oh, so it was an accident that the bear was dropped here. Yeah, not an accident. Fate, said Calico Jack. Quasi said, Grandpa, you're looking for the... Granddad, you're looking for the Flying Dutchman's ship? He said, Not looking. Found. I know where it is, Quasi. I know where the ship is. And aboard it... Sunken treasure. Me plan is to bring the whole ship to the surface. Mast, bow, stern and all. Tweak said, Well, how are you going to do that? It's a sunken ship. It's too big to just swim it up to the surface. Yeah, said Dashy. That sounds like a real challenge. How are you going to do it? Calico Jack said, I have a plan. I'm going to fill me balloons up with air inside the ship and hoist it with the buoyancy of the balloons to the surface of the water. It'll take the ship up, a grand treasure in herself, but it'll take up all the gold as well. Quasi said, That's a great idea, said Grandad. How can we help? You mean Quasi? Quasi said, That's a great idea, Grandad. How can we help? Captain Barnacle said, Yes, a great idea indeed, and an excellent mission for the Octonauts. I'd be glad to have the help. 
said Calico Jack. Guide us to the... Dashie said, well, guide us to the ship and we'll help you. They went to HQ. Calico Jack put in the coordinates for the ship and the octopod began to move. It drove and drove along the bottom of the ocean until it came to a final stop. All the octonauts looked out the window and they saw a sunken pirate ship in deep sea mist, lifeless on the bottom of the sandy ocean. It was dark and a little foreboding and a little scary. Calico Jack said, Yar, there she be, the Flying Dutchman's ship. Now we need balloons. Do any of you have any? Tweak thought and thought said, Hmm, balloons, huh? Regular party balloons aren't going to do anything, but we could fill up some of our... Oh, I know, we could use our hot air balloon. Fill it up with air, it would raise that whole ship. Dashie said, Well, that sounds amazing. I'd love to take a pictures of a hot air balloon that was lifting a ship up from underwater. It sounds like a feat indeed, said Captain Barnacle. Let's get on it. The crew scurried about, gathering all the parts they needed to create this amazing balloon that was going to fill this boat up and take it to the surface. When everything was ready, they got into the gups. They drove up to the ship, but the ship was too small, had openings that were too small for the gups to get in. We'll need to go out and swim at this point, says Quasi. Dashy, do you want to lead the way? You bet. Everybody follow Dashy. Dashy led the way into the ship, each aquanut following, including Calico Jack. It was dark inside. There were lots of tiny little fish and floating sea particles. Kelp and barnacles were all on the inside of the ship. Uh, what are barnacles? Barnacles are a kind of sea creature like a clam. They're little tiny animals that live in very hard shells, and they latch onto something and they stay there their whole lives and eat little pieces of food that float in the water. If you remind me, tomorrow I'll show you what a barnacle is. Okay? Dashie came into a large open space, and she shone her flashlight around. Each aquanaut followed, shining their light as well. The little cabin was still very dark, even with all the flashlights, but there was enough light to see gold. Gold coins all over the floor. Vast treasures. Golden vases, vase, candlesticks. Statues and treasure chests. This be the treasure of the Flying Dutchman, said Calico Jack. You sure all right, Grandad? It's amazing. I can't wait to get all this up to the surface. Let's start to fill the balloon, said Calico Jack. Captain Barnacle said, Dashy, Tweak, take the balloon to the front of the ship. We'll spread it out throughout the ship and begin to fill it with air. All the aquanauts started to take a piece of the balloon when they heard something. The sound of coins rustling. Shh! What was that? Didn't sound like anything I know, said Calico Jack. Shh! Shine your lights around the room. The aquanauts shone their lights around the room, looking for whatever was making the sounds. What, what was ever making the sound. The lights were on the ceiling and the floor and the walls, and as they began to look and search around the room, the lights all seemed to come together at once on one spot. And yet, that one spot was still too dark with all their flashlights, except for two eyes that glowed and looked right back at them. 
and the gleaming reflection of razor-sharp teeth. Before they knew it, a mouth had opened in front of them, bigger than any aquanaut by itself. Calico Jack said, Everybody out! It'd be a great white! The aquanauts began to swim as the huge body of a great white shark came up from the bed of the golden coins, snapping its teeth, trying to get a tasty aquanaut in its mouth. In a fit of fury, the shark's mouth bit straight through a wooden beam. Without any issue, it bit through it like it wasn't even there. The aquanauts scurried, each one out of the ship. They were small enough to make it out, but the great white couldn't. It couldn't make it out the ship opening, so it had to stay behind. All the aquanauts got out and gathered together um, on the bow of the ship, floating in the water. Calico Jack said, Yar, that explains why no one ever got to the treasure. There be the great white there to eat them if they should come too close. Quasi said, We need to figure out how to get that great white out of there so we can raise the boat. Any ideas? Tweak thought for a minute. So did Dashy. So did Captain Barnacle and Peso. Peso said, Oh, I have an idea. Why don't we... Use a net. If we throw a net over the shark, that'll slow him down. Enough for us to get him upside down. Remember, when a shark floats upside down in the water, they become calm and complacent. Almost meditative like they're asleep. That's not a bad idea, said Captain Barnacle. Tweak, do you have such a net of that size? Sure do, said Captain. Got it right here in my little gun launcher. She pulled out her line launcher and set it to net. This should be enough to catch the shark. All right, let's give it a shot. Here's what we'll do. Captain Barnacle and Quasi will distract the shark. Dashy and Tweak, use your mm, line guns to shoot nets and capture the shark. We're going to need some room to move around, so the rest of you need to stay just outside the ship and be ready. If we need to get out, we may need help. Oi, oi, Captain! They all swam into the ship. Very quietly, they slipped back into the dark room where the Great White was. Then, Captain Barnacle and Quasi flipped on their lights and shone it around the room until they saw the shark. The shark saw its lights and started going straight for the octonauts. <sighs> they swam around the room, distracting the shark. And that's when Quasi, and that's when, um, Dashy and Tweak shot their net guns. The net guns uh, captured the shark on either side, and the shark was totally captured by the nets. He struggled and tried to fight and tried to roll. Quick, said De Peso, get him up on his belly. They tried to turn the great white shark while he was thrashing around up into his belly, because if they could get his belly up, he would become calm and complacent. But as Dashy got too close to the shark, his huge tail whipped and smacked her right in the head. She went swimming across the room and smacked right into the wall, and she fell unconscious because she got hit so hard and hurt so bad. She fell down into the gold coins, and she stopped moving. No, Dashy, said Tweak. The shark started to get free of the nets, but Captain Barnacle and Quasi both shot the shark with more nets, stopping him and getting him more tangled up. He fought for some more time. Captain Barnacle said, Everybody in, we need your help. All of the octonauts came in. The shark was still flailing around. His huge body was so massive compared to the aquanauts. But all together, they uh, started to roll him. But it wasn't enough. They needed another distraction. Dashy woke up. 
She was hurt and she couldn't swim, but she had her camera. She took her camera out and pointed it right at the shark and she turned on her flash, full power. She took a picture of the shark and the light was so bright in the dark that it blinded her. And the shark went, and it dazed him just enough that the aquanauts were able to get him on his belly. The shark went docile and no longer struggled. How are we going to get this shark out of here, said Quasi. Captain Peso, Captain Barnacle said, we'll figure it out. Dashy, that was quick thinking. Thank you so much. You may have saved us all. Yar, you done well, lass. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure, said Dashy, and I have an idea. I think the shark got in here because when the boat sank, there's a big hole on the bottom, and the shark got captured like he was stuck under a cup or a bowl. If we lift the boat up with the balloon, the shark can get out. We can let him go and still get the ship with the gold. That's a great idea, said Captain Barnacles. Let's do it. With the shark tied up, they put him to one side of the room, and they continued to, to uh, spread out the balloon. Once it was done, Tweak turned on a massive air hose from the octopod. The balloon began to fill. It was small at first, but as it began to fill, it took up much more space. It pressed against the walls of the ship, the ceiling and the floor and the gold. And then the ship began to creak. Almost as if it were a huge animal coming to life. All right, everyone. Out, out. We need to get out to let the ship rise. The aquanauts swam out. As the balloon began to fill, the ship began to move. Leaning to one side, it righted itself. Masts were straight up and down as they were once before. The whole ship began to rise. It pulled away from the sandy bottom and the very sparse plant life that tried to hold it in place. It began to float in the water. Up, up, up it went, and as it became high enough, the bow, where a huge hole was, was big enough for the great white shark to be moved out of. Dashy and Quasi moved the great white shark away from the ship, keeping him upside down on his belly with belly up so that he would stay calm. The ship began to rise. Dashy and Tweak took the nets off the shark. He floated away, righted himself, and then ran off. I think he is just happy to get out of there, said Dashy. He's probably been in there a really long time. I think you're right. He's probably just as trapped in that ship as we, as we were for a moment. They swam back. The ship was almost to the surface. As it broke water, mast first, there were small splashes. As the rest of the ship surfaced, the splashes became huge and massive. The ship surfaced and once again floated on the top of the sea, as it had many years ago. Calico Jack walked its wet shores and said, Yar, I have finally reached my dream. The Flying Dutchman has returned to the sea on which she once floated. All the aquanauts came together. They had raised the unraisable ship. They had survived the great white shark, and they had recovered all the great Dutchman's, the Flying Dutchman's gold. The End Hi, I'm Ryan McAdam, and you're listening to the Bedtime Story Podcast. I love you, now go to sleep. 
These are bedtime stories I tell my kids, usually made up on the fly, so yeah, they can be structurally kind of rough. The stories are about the adventures of a magical pink winged unicorn named Astro, who was made up by my daughter. To be fair, Astro's not always in the stories. Many of these adventures feature just my kids' favorite cartoon characters from whatever cartoon they are watching at the moment, but Astro was the genesis for these bedtime stories and this podcast. I record these stories on my phone in my kid's room, and it's common to have my daughters interject during the story to make sure the plot is going in their approved direction. Sometimes the stories are long and sometimes short. Sometimes I get really into the stories, and sometimes it's just been a long day. Sometimes these stories get rowdy, and sometimes these stories can even be a bit scary. Though I do my best to keep things on the up and up with my five-year-old and her younger sisters. I hope you enjoy them. We have fun making them, usually. If you like the podcast, be sure to give it a rating wherever you're listening. And with that, let's begin.